So what I want to explore with you today is the world of thoughts, of thinking. It's a very important world, realm for human beings. And having some ability to be mindful of thinking and some um, mastery of the world of thinking is a very important part of meditation practice. Um, just because we have a saying, uh, I think it's kind of, I've heard it saying in English, something like, oh, just a thought. Uh, as if uh, maybe it's uh, dismissive of uh, thoughts that don't really count. We have another saying that goes something like, um, oh, it's a thought that counts. And as if thoughts are really important, what we, what we think is important. I think in Buddhism, it's uh, more the latter. The idea that thought, oh, um, it's a thought that counts is uh, very central to the Buddhist uh, exploration of the human being and, and the path to, to freedom. Um, the uh, thinking is seen as a kind of a, a power or a strength or an energy that uh, has consequences. It isn't just simply a thought arises and bubbles up and then that's it. But thoughts have a power or energy or a set in motion um, momentum or a cause-effect relationship. And we see it a little bit, teeny bit, um, perhaps, in the way that um, maybe many people think, that uh, thinking is often associated thinking. That, uh, uh, you know, if you sit down, you know, if you sat down to have a conversation with someone, kind of casually, you might start with one subject and ten minutes later you're talking about something totally different. You wonder, how did I get there? And the mind is the same way. Uh, if, but if you, uh, uh, it, you know, it kind of, you start in one place in your thoughts and 10 minutes later you're thinking about something completely different and how do you get there? And I think if you trace it back, both in conversation and in your thinking, you'll see there's a kind of a cause and effect relationship that goes on. It's not completely random because conversations as well as thinking is often associated so that uh, a thought arises and that we associate it with something else and mind goes off on that tangent and another tangent. And Sometimes we come back to the original theme and sometimes we never do and we don't know where we are. Um, the world of thoughts is, um, has consequence not only in our own inner psychic life, but it has huge consequences in the world around us. And uh, probably, it's, you can imagine or think that almost everything that's part of the human uh, creation, human society, cities, buildings, technology, everything, uh, had somehow its origin in human thinking. That people have to think it first and imagine it. and, and um, most of the ways in which people relate to each other in big ways um, are products of having thought about something first. Um, some people have uh, prefer to feel rather than to think, and sometimes people make a sharp dichotomy between the world of thinking and the world of feeling or emotions. Um, and uh, technically, or, or strictly in Buddhism, there is no sharp dichotomy between having an emotion or feeling and thoughts. They kind of rise together and they're closely um, uh, entangled with each other, related to each other. Often, we don't, often the emotion or the feeling we have arises because of a certain uh, thoughts or ideas, values that the mind carries around what's happening. Um, sometimes uh, the thoughts and values and ideas we have about things uh, is prompted by or happens through the filter or the, of um, the emotions or feelings we have in relationship to things. And it's a kind of sometimes feelings come first and then the thoughts. Sometimes thoughts come first and then the feelings. But they're closely connected and sometimes so connected it's very hard to tease them apart. Um, so it's a very important area. So that's what we'll explore a little bit. So make yourself comfortable in a meditative posture. But 
Comfortable in, in the world of meditation means that you also sit alert. So you don't just kind of sit back and in the couch and take it easy, but you sit up in such a way that your spine is a little bit straighter than it normally would be. You probably have been in a situation where you, your senses, your awareness had to be really heightened, maybe because of danger or something, and you know you kind of get up straight, sit up straight, stand up straight, you know, because you're alert. But here we don't want to be alert because we're tense, but alert in a relaxed way. Softly closing the eyes. And then taking some moments to set your body at ease. Be at ease in your body. Maybe by breathing with your body, relaxing on the out-breath. Be at ease. Even if, if you feel uncomfortable in your body in some way, perhaps you can be at ease about the discomfort. And then in the best way you can, let your mind and your heart be at ease. Even if there's something that's bothering you, perhaps you can be at ease about its presence. Letting yourself be at ease with whatever is happening, even if you're uneasy. It might be helpful to take a few long, slow, deep breaths as you breathe in deeply to feel your torso expand and stretch. And as you exhale, to relax your body, soften. Taking a few long, slow, deep breaths. And as you exhale, lowering yourself into your body, settling into your body, feeling it, being it. Letting the center of gravity of your being perhaps lower itself into the abdomen, into the floor, your chair.
letting your breath return to normal and having an easy breathing, not breathing in any particular way. For the next few breaths, just for a few breaths, try to feel each breath, in-breath and out-breath, carefully. And then as you continue feeling the breath, being with the breath, when you start thinking, when your mind gets pulled into the world of thoughts, notice that really clearly, this is what's going on. Don't feel like it's wrong or bad. The assignment here is when you're thinking, just to acknowledge that, see it, notice what you're thinking about. And then, once it's a clearly acknowledged, then see if you can, um, in some way, let go of it or let it recede to the background so you can come back to your breathing until the next thought kind of creeps in. And as, <clears throat> as thoughts appear, as thoughts take over or come into the foreground of attention, see if you can notice the strength of them, the strength of the impulse. Is there any pressure? Is there any sense of being compelled by them or sense of energy? Or are those thoughts really casual, easy-go-lucky, like little wisps? 
of clouds? Or do they have strength to them? Are they insistent? When you find yourself thinking, don't let go of it now. Just let yourself keep thinking. But be clearly aware that that's what you're doing. your thoughts go away when you're being watched, that's fine. Go back to your breathing. And then when the next thought arises or thinking happens, then let that be. Let yourself continue doing so. But be clearly aware that you're thinking. And stay aware. And to the degree which you can pay attention or notice your thinking, that you're thinking. Listen to the tone of the inner voice that's doing the thinking. Like you're listening to someone else speak and you're listening to the tone of their voice. Listen to the tone of that inner voice, if possible. Is it soft, gentle, harsh? Is it accepting? Is it insistent? Is it hesitating? Is is it impatient or confused? Fast or slow? Is it at ease or is it worried?
And when you are paying attention to your thinking, how are you relating to your thinking? Are you accepting of the thinking mind or do you feel that it shouldn't be there or you wish it would stop? Or Is there a friendly relationship or an antagonistic relationship you have to that part of, your, of yourself? you rather not be conscious of your thinking while it's happening? And a little bit more difficult investigation <clears throat> is to see, is there some belief that you hold that's behind what you tend to think about? If you spend a lot of time planning, maybe there's an underlying belief that if you plan, you'll be safe or you'll fix things. Or maybe there's a belief if you're reliving conversations that you can remake yourself into a better person by having certain kinds of thoughts. The process of thinking is partly a physical process. Sometimes the physical aspect of thinking is very clearly evident when we tighten up our eyebrows and we think or strain our eyes or tighten up our neck or our shoulders. Sometimes the physical aspect of thinking is very subtle. It takes a very sensitive mind to notice the physical quality that's inherent in thinking. 
can you find any physical expression, manifestation of your thinking process as it occurs? Some pressure or tension or tightness? Sense of energy somewhere in the body, maybe in the head? Vibration? Or does it seem that your thinking is has no connection to your body, kind of floats freely, casually, easily? And then over the next few out-breaths, see if you can relax and soften your thinking mind as you breathe out. Don't let go of thoughts as much as see if you can soften the impulse, the energy, the strength of the thinking mind, the mind which is often weary. Let it rest. If we spend our time preoccupied with our thinking, it becomes almost as if our thoughts are who we are. But our thinking is a very small part of what it is to be a human being. Can you relax, soften into the stillness and the silence of who you are that's bigger than your thinking? stillness and the silence around and between your thoughts. Relaxing into a wider sense of presence, of aliveness, of beingness that's bigger than thinking.
a sense of aliveness or presence in your being, in your body, that has nothing to do with the past or the future, nothing to do with comparing yourself to others or to ideals. Just resting here and now in presence, alert, aware presence, that sometimes can be so big that thoughts or thinking, just little kind of insignificant flies kind of flying around the edges. feeling your body sitting here in the room, feeling contact of your body against your chair or the cushion, the floor, the contact of your hands against your body, perhaps. And then taking a few long, slow, deep breaths as a way of ending the sitting. And then when you feel ready, you can open your eyes. Maybe I, <clears throat> I should have said at the beginning that what I was going to ask you to do is to be naturalists of your thoughts, that to study your, the human phenomena of thinking like a naturalist would study, you know, an animal in the wild or something. as a natural process that goes on. And for human beings, it's one of the preeminent natural processes that goes on. And uh, but still, process, human beings are born with thoughts, born to think. We can have a tattoo, born to think. And, um, and, but I imagine that for some of you, to have spent a half an hour uh, making thinking a subject of your investigation, your exploration, is a novel thing. I mean, never spent that so much time in your life kind of actually trying to bring kind of a naturalist awareness to this particular process of our life. So I'm very curious to hear what it was like for you, some of you. Those of some of you would like to report what, what happened in that sitting, what you discovered exploration. And we have this mic somewhere. So in the back there. 
The part I really um, got into was when you asked something about is there a physical sensation or I'm using my own words now, but kind of tone of the thinking. And I really got in touch with how, and you asked is there an underlying belief system or something, how it seems like there's this kind of underlying um, tone of, you know, fear and then clench and, okay, now, if I just really control and really think hard and really figure it out, it'll be all right. And that, that, and that the, the most basic thing is that kind of clenching, um, which, you know, I could sort of stop momentarily, but then it would come back. Must be exhausting. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Thank you. Possibly you're the only one who thought during the whole <laughs> half an hour. <laughs> Here, Wendy. I've been reading the book, The Power of Now, and he tells you to put your mind in your stomach. And so when you were talking about getting into the rest of your awareness of, the, of yourself, that was very helpful to understand what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. Following up on that, um, I was pleased to be reminded again that that my thoughts are just a little tiny part of me and that there is much, much, much more. I, I think I tend to think like lots of folks that, that that's who I am, my thoughts, my thinking, my political views or lack of views or whatever. These days, that's, there's so much discussion on an academic intellectual level around here about everything. And um, so it was particularly... Uh, comforting to and, and sort of a relief to be reminded that that's not all I am it's just a little bit of who I am yeah thank you one of the interesting exercises is to in a sense ask yourself uh, who are you when you're not thinking and how are you going to find out if you're not thinking mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and some people ask that question or up against that edge and they get afraid because if they don't have their thoughts telling them who they are, then it's very disorienting. Um, I'd like to put in a plug for that film. <laughs> who the bleep? No. What the bleep? Do we know? I guess that's the title of it. What the bleep? Do we know? Is a film that's out. You guys know about it because it was advertised in the email of our sangha. And I just want to put a plug in because it's a lot about mind and emotions and, and um, you know, the coming together of science and physics and spirituality and that sort of thing. Okay, I don't know about it. So, so what do some of you discover? Be game. Take a risk here. <laughs> or did you all get silenced so thoroughly? Yeah. 
discovered uh, that my uh, mind likes certain kinds of thinking. Uh-huh. You know, you asked, are you friendly towards the way you, your thoughts? And, uh, you know, if I'm problem solving, my mind really likes that. I'm very comfortable with that. That's an activity that uh-huh. I feel very friendly towards. And other kinds of thinking, I'm not as friendly towards. So it was interesting that it, it's not just thinking as a process, certain kinds of thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I know how to, how to get very comfortable and relaxed with them and just roll with the mm-hmm. process and others I don't. So often when we're, think- when, when we're thinking, there can be subconscious, unconscious attitude we have about what, the fact that we're thinking about the thoughts. And there can be interest and fascination. There could be abhorrence. There could be judgments. And this is, you know, a, a human being shouldn't be having these kinds of thoughts. Or this is great. I'm the next Mother Teresa, and this is I should keep thinking this way. And we have an attitude towards these things that it can happen. And, and uh, so you're speaking towards that. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I realized that that was just that was the habit of mind that I've cultivated so much that it might be possible I should be a little softer towards some other kinds of thinking and cultivate those as well. I was interviewed um, after having sat the three-month retreat by some guy. And he had a tape recorder. He was asking me about my three-month retreat. And he had sat the retreat also. He's had many three-month retreats. And I think he struggled a lot with his thinking mind. It never really settled very deep. I, it was the impression I got because he was always thinking. And so he asked me during this interview uh, what my relationship to my thinking was during the retreat. And I said, oh, I had a friendly relationship to my thoughts. And uh, I had the impression that he almost fell off his chair. <laughs> that someone would have friendly relationship to her thoughts was just kind of so, so strange for him. That he'd been struggling so much with them. And I think having a friendly relationship made it a lot easier for him to quiet down. Um, I wasn't going to say anything, but um, as, as the thoughts were coming, <laughs> um, and I... I, what I realized is that for me, some of it is being really forgetful. And so when I quiet down, I start thinking about everything that I forgot. <laughs> and it, it just feels so important to me that I can't, I have to hold on to it so that I can not forget. Mm. Um, and so, and then, I, then in, during the meditation, I was thinking, well, if only I could find a time when I didn't have to worry about anything, but then I realized, well, I don't know if there is such a time, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you carve it out of, mm-hmm. you carve a space out of your yeah. life. Any, I don't know, just, just a... I think it's very important for human beings to have reflective time, time when they actually reflect and have, you know, have leisurely time or spacious time to think and reflect about things going on in their life and let things bubble up and, and uh, not constantly be kind of be distracted from your own process of thinking by by your own thoughts, but to go for a walk or sit quietly and sip tea. Or, I think it's a very important part of human life. And if a person doesn't have something like that, then um, it, uh, you know, sometimes there's such a pressure to have that happen during meditation itself, rather than learning to let go of thoughts in meditation and go deeper. What happens in meditation, in part, is that um, that which has pressure in it, that which has built up the holding patterns or the unresolved things in our, in our life, kind of are stored in different places. And as the surface uh, lids of the mind get taken off because we're relaxing, then some of the stuff begins to pop up. And that's part of the function of of meditation is to let these things pop up. But we also then uh, want to let go of it right away. 
the, the important thing is that it's appeared. Once it's appeared, its meditative purpose has passed. And, and, then it's, and so you want to let go of it and go deeper. And if we, but if we pick it up, what arises, then we've interrupted the meditative process. And uh, I mean, there's all kinds of reasons. I know people who sit on retreats and third day of the retreat, they've discovered the storyline for the next great American novel. And, uh, and they're afraid of letting go of it. You know, it's really important to remember that and they're really into it. And, and, and what happens sometimes on retreats and meditation is the mind gets very creative. And so the creativity gets placed in very you know, interesting things like a great American novel. And then off the mind runs. And um, it's a nice thing. It's very pleasant. It's, maybe it will be the next, next great American novel. But we, we're, we're, America needs more of the next Buddha than the next American novel. It needs, um, so, but what, what an analogy I like to use is that um, for the meditative process is that it's kind of like going into an elevator. And say you're going to go up to the 10th floor of a building and the top floor, say. And, um, and you go into the elevator and the function of the elevator is to carry you up. And so it takes you up to the first floor, uh, I guess the second floor. And uh, you come to the second floor and um, the door opens. Now the elevator, it will keep going up to third, fourth and so forth. But the doors open up at the second floor and you see the second floor for the first time. And the second floor is fascinating. So you get off. And the door closes and the elevator continues. And it takes you a long time to explore and get lost in the second floor. Uh, and then the doors open again at some point, but now it's a down elevator and it takes you out. You know, uh, and you lost your chance. And so, you know, the best thing to do about whatever pops up in meditation, wonderful thoughts, great ideas and all that, is to let go of them. Because in letting go of them, the elevator can take you further. A good meditation was working to get you where you got. And don't interrupt the process. Let the process take you further. Just let go and go and see what else the deeper will happen. No, thank you. Good. Yes, please. Well, this this idea of not of being comfortable with your discomfort is something I've been experimenting with or looking at in the last few days, and that that's a very interesting uh, thing to try and do is to notice your discomfort and just be comfortable with it. Uh, one of the things I've noticed is that sometimes I have, and 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 this happened during uh, this half hour was that I had a compassionate thought when I noticed someone was uncomfortable and I had a compassionate thought of helping them. But then I thought, then I was sort of aware of a little pride for feeling compassionate, but then wondering if it really was compassion or if it was really wanting to fix somebody else's problem that really was theirs to fix. And that in general I wasn't, meditating on my thoughts but on that particular thing I was wondering if it really was compassion if it made sense to act on it what it meant to not act on it and that was the subject of thought interesting that's good that's a good subject so Audrey and then the last one then we'll I had a great array of can you hear me yeah I had an array of experiences, but the first thing that came up was an awareness that I can be a 
become obsessed with something that I feel I have to do that's very important and I don't want to forget it. So um, I hang in there until I realize I have to let go of it. And then when the meditation is over, I can't remember that at all. So, you know, what was it I was thinking so hard about that was so important? So it was some kind of um, an observation of the changing mind or the impermanence of, of a thought. Uh, then I worried about whether I would share this <laughs> and what sharing in a group meant to me um, with some fear about talking in a group. But then on the other side, and um, much more often, I find myself drifting into very pleasurable thoughts, just things that give me pleasure and make me feel good, um, just like whipped cream. (laughs) And sometimes it's quite natural for the mind to go into pleasant thoughts, and sometimes it's very clearly an escape. It's an avoidance mechanism to go and find something pleasant, wonderful fantasies. And... um, So, thank you so much for that. And I would like to recommend something for you guys for today. And that is uh, two things. Is to spend another half an hour at some point today in your own way. It could be going for a walk or sitting on a bench or sitting in meditation. And explore this world of thinking again one more time. And the second thing I recommend is that you find someone. It could be um, a friend. It could be a stranger. Someone in the Sangha here but someone for whom you can uh, have a little discussion about uh, what happened to you in this exploration of your thinking, this meditation here, or if you do it again later today. So it's not just something you're exploring alone, but actually you share it with someone else and, and have some exchange back and forth and exploration. Put it in words. So those are my thoughts.